0: From Chicago, it's the Old St. Pat's podcast series Currents Awakening to the Flow of Spirit in Our Lives. Today, we welcome John Blake. John is a 64 year old father of four and proud grandfather of four. He currently works in the maintenance department here at Old St. Pat's, and as a recovering alcoholic with 27 years of sobriety, John is grateful for the gift of each day and attributes his success to the Blessed Mother and all of the saints. In this episode, John reflects on his life-changing trip to Magigoria, and how the power of prayer helped him find peace with God and his fellow man. Hi, my name is John Blake. My mom always said that Christ is the hound of heaven. Now, I think she thinks she made that up, but I'm almost sure that somebody else uh, said it before her. Anyway, she would uh, bother everybody with that notion who would would listen to her, and then she'd go on to explain what she meant by that. I really think that, in addition to Christ, my mom is a hound of heaven uh, in so many ways. In 2001, my mom called me up. It was in the fall, and it was a Thursday night, and she said... Your father and I are going to Mass. We're going to come and pick you up. I said, Ma, I, I'm not going to Mass on Thursday. I mean, I don't go on Sunday. Why would I? What, what are you doing? Why are you going to Mass tonight? So she puts my dad, without saying anything else, she puts my dad on the phone. He says, uh, we'll be there to pick you up in, in his radio voice. We'll be there to pick you up in a couple minutes, which meant that uh, these were. this was one of the few occasions where my dad was serious and He was going to come and pick me up. So I got ready. I got out in the car. When I got there, my siblings were all there. I go, what's going on? I I felt like there was going to be an intervention of some kind, although I had quit drinking years before, and I wasn't sure exactly what I was doing wrong. But I got into the car, and I found out we were going to St. Jerome's in Bridgeport, St. Jerome's, Croatian, where one of the visionaries from Medjugorje, was going to have the vision of the Blessed Mother on that Thursday, that, that night. And um, my mom was inviting us to go with. So uh, when I got in the car, my, br- my brother rolled his eyes right away, and I'm like, okay, all right, this, okay, Mom, we'll, we'll do this. So we get to St. Jerome's, and the place is absolutely packed. Uh, Cars are triple parked out on the street. There's people all over the sidewalk. There's a line to get in the door. And in fact, once we do get in, we're confined to the hallway pretty much. We could hear the mass. uh, but We couldn't see much of anything at all in there. So I spent a lot of my time out on the deck smoking cigarettes. And uh, finally, when it was time for communion my mother came out and said get in this place here what are you doing out here so I went in the (laughs) following her commands I went in the door and um, she said "I, I have something serious to ask you and I said what she said there's a man who's taking a group to Medjugorje who's in this mass right now I spoke with him on the phone there's room on his trip for you guys to go you and your brother Jim and I would like you to go with him. And I said, Ma, I can't take 10 days off of work to go on this trip to Medjugorje, uh, nor do I want to. She looks in the mass and says, if I can find this guy, will you go? And I looked at my brother and I I laughed. I said, yeah, Ma, if you can find him, I'll go to Medjugorje. So she goes down the aisle, she goes to communion. uh, She comes back, she stops. She looks, she starts stepping over all these people in the pew and she gets to this little old guy who shakes his bald head, yes, yes. And she comes back and she points at us and she says, you two are going to Medjugorje. I said, mom, was that the guy there? Are, are, you, are you kidding me? That That's the guy that's taken the trip. She said, yes, it is. I said, mom, you've never met him before, right? You've never met this guy. And she said, no, I never met him before. I go, Mom, come on. How is it that you found him in this church loaded with, you know, hundreds of people? How did you find this guy? She said, I went to communion. I asked the Blessed Mother. My boys need to go to Medjugorje. Can you please direct me to him? And she did. My mom never lies. And and I I believe her. So off we went to Medjugorje. So when we get to the airport, we get to O'Hara, we figure that we're going to be with a group of blue-haired old ladies and other Bible-beating kind of people. And the first guy we run into is Tom Hawkinson from Hawkinson Ford who went to school with my brother and who was on his sixth trip here. And he said, I don't know what you've heard, and I don't know what you've read, and I don't know what you think, but when you get here, You're going to be convinced like I was. He said, I've never met anyone who's who's gone there who doesn't believe the blessed mother is coming here every day. And we're like, we looked at each other, we're like, wow. So we get on the plane and go, and it's a 24-hour trip from the time you get to the airport to the time when you land or when you get to the place where you're going to stay in the village. And we got there. And uh, there was a a spiritual aura about the place that was undeniable, no matter what your position was on what was going on here. It was very powerful. And uh, the first night of the first apparition, the whole mountain was lit up with rosaries. People were saying the rosary, probably 10,000 strong on the mountain. And in the valley, every single dog that was owned by anyone, it seemed, was barking almost as a distraction to the rosary. Uh, We found out later that, that that commonly happens. Anyway, despite the distraction, the rosary went off and then it was time for the Blessed Mother to appear and silence fell on the whole mountain. And you could just feel the presence of the Blessed Mother. She was there and there was no doubt. And when she had finished with the message, a strong whip-like wind blew through, almost as strong as to knock you over, but it, but it didn't. And I was told further later that uh, she often comes and goes on the wind, and boy, was it powerful. So we continued on throughout the week like this, going to Holy Mass in the morning, walking, praying, going to confession, listening to speakers, all related to the events that were happening in Medjugorje. Each day, the Blessed Mother leaves a message and we got to hear the message almost, you know, straight from the Blessed Mother's mouth in like real time. And it was very powerful. And by the time that we left there, there was no doubt that in anybody's mind who was with us anyway, that the Blessed Mother was appearing here daily and she had a strong and powerful message for the rest of the world. On my second trip to Mejigoria, I was as sick as a dog with a some kind of respiratory virus. I was running a fever, I was cold, I was hot, I was sleepy, I was uh like manicky wanting to get up and walk around on on the plane. And uh when we landed I was a physical wreck. I couldn't eat, I hadn't sleep, I haven't slept, sorry and so father becker who was with us had the bus driver stop at a pharmacy to get medicine and even the medicine didn't uh do anything for me so in spite of that the the you know we get to medjugorje we were get to the house that we had stayed in before and the familiar routine takes place mass rosary speakers climb the mountain blessed mother appears and um again the 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 spiritual feeling that emits from this village is beyond my ability to tell you about you would you would have to go there yourself one of the traditions uh in this group is that they climb mount krizovic on the last day or the day before the last day um of leaving now i was really sick and not thinking that i was going to be able to do this, but I went to the base of the mountain anyway with my brother. And I told him, Jim, I'm, I'm not going to be able to climb the mountain. I'm disappointed, but I mean, I can hardly take a one step, put one step in front of the other. I'm freezing. I'm hot. He said, no, you stay down here or even go back, um, to go back to the house. So as I'm talking to him about this, two old ladies that were in our group, older ladies, I should say in their I would say in their late seventies sisters, come up and say, fellas, do you think you could help us up the mountain? And I looked at my brother like, and he looks at them and he says, yes, well, we can help you. So the, I'm like, oh no, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. So the lady links her arm in mine and we take a step on the first rock on the way up and it's not an easy climb. It's all like real slippery, jagged rocks. It's it's not Easy. I mean, it's not like climbing the face of a mountain in that sense, but it's real uh difficult climbing. It's real bumpy and unpredictable. So, anyway, as soon as this lady put her hand on my elbow, every single physical symptom that I had was gone. G-O-N-E gone. And I was able to bring the lady up the mountain with no problem at all. Like a 16 year old just sprang out of the shower and I brought her all the way down with no problem. I felt wonderful, magnificent, energized. And as soon as the lady let go of my arm, guess what? Every single physical symptom related to the cough, cold respiratory problem was back in earnest. and. um But it was a powerful, powerful testimony to the spiritual workings uh, in this village. And I was to later find out in the same or in the next 24 hours how just exactly how powerful prayer was going to be for me. So it's our last night. I'm in bed. I'm coughing like nobody's business. And I'm worried that I'm gonna keep my brother up all night and we have to travel for 24 hours the next day. So I'm like, oh my goodness, I I have to get out of bed. So I got out of bed and I went out on the deck. And if you turn to the left on the deck and look toward the village, you can see the church spires. So I was out there kind of of praying and looking out that way and trying to to find some peace and uh, maybe a way to be up for a while and go back to sleep. When I looked up in the sky, and there was a silhouette of Jesus in the sky with his right hand outstretched and vapor coming from his nose into his hand. And I heard interiorly, I will blow the dust of sin from your soul. And this almost knocked me off the porch I wanted to run in and get my brother before the image disappeared, but I was just so mesmerized, I couldn't believe it. Following this image was another image of Christ who's on the cross, whose hands were liberated and they were straight up in the air, but whose feet were still nailed. And I didn't understand what it meant at first, but I realized later on through, I'm sure with some help from the Holy Spirit, that while I had made some progress, I still wasn't right with God, with my family, with my fellow man, and that I had I had work to do that. In fact, I still had Jesus nailed to that cross. Anyway, this the, this brought an end to trip number two but the beginning of a completely new life for me. And it'll be the subject of a, of a different podcast. Thank you to John Blake for being on today's episode, and thank you for listening to the Old St. Pat's Podcast.